You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to Talk Your Jits Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jujitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a two-stripe blue belt who trains at Titan Athletics located in Brewer, Maine. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Moose Ripley. Hello. Thanks for having me. Man, um, the pleasure is all mine. Yeah, pretty exciting opportunity. Awesome. Really exciting. Yeah, we're about to have some fun today. Um, so, yeah, if you want to thoroughly introduce yourself and everything else, and uh, let's hear about your jiu-jitsu uh, career. Yeah, so, as you said, my name's Darren Moose Ripley. Uh, Moose is a nickname that I got in the Army um, many, many years ago, and it stuck. Um, I tend to enjoy the nickname. I like the nickname. Um, it's it's pretty fun sometimes. Um, but a lot of my teammates and my instructors, they all call me Moose. They all know me by Moose. Um, so yeah, my jujitsu journey started four years ago, 2018. Um, I was working at a local gym here in the Bangor Brewer area. I'm in Bangor, Maine area. Um, Brewer is just the city next to Bangor. Um, so I started training at Young's MMA here in Bangor, um, just doing the jujitsu. I was working part-time on the desk in the gym and I would see everybody come in and they would go and do their training, whether it be kickboxing or the fight team or, or the gi jujitsu. I just see people come in and I just watch them. And, and I, really missed being on the mats you know i would see him and i was just like you know what like i'm like i need to just start training instead of worrying about losing the weight first and whatever i should just get back on the mat because i wrestled back in high school Mm -hmm. and and i continued to wrestle um after high school doing open tournaments um i coached over the years and competed um and 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 still kind of kept with it in some way um even though wasn't competing in wrestling anymore. I would still be involved through coaching youth wrestling and high school wrestling and, and wrestling with our athletes. So I kind of stayed with it. Um, so when I started jujitsu, I would come in like towards the end of the class. Cause I would still be working. Mm-hmm. So like when they would be rolling, then I would kind of jump in with the guys who were training and the only thing I knew how to do was wrestle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so takedowns, keeping my hips back, you know, staying in a dominant position. It worked very well. And, but I would just tire myself out holding these guys down mm-hmm. because I didn't know anything. Like the only thing I know how to do was take people down and pin them. Right. And, and jiu-jitsu, like you work off your back. So they were on their back, but I didn't know what to do. And eventually, you know, once I, you know, kept going with it and everything, I had to really learn to be okay with not being in control all the time. Yeah. Like I had, like I had to work on 
a submission from the dominant position. And if I wasn't quick enough, I had to be okay with losing it and starting over from scratch or, or being on bottom and, you know, giving up my position. Like I really had to humble myself and it kind of sucked, but after a while things became more fluid and, and I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm progressing now, you know, because before where I wasn't allowing myself that, I guess that opportunity to not be in a dominant position, I wasn't progressing. Mm -hmm. And then it just clicked in. And so I really started to progress with my you know, submissions from top and bottom and transitions with everything. And at that time, like late 2018, early 2019, I was going through so, a lot of like very stressful personal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I really needed a positive outlet. Um, I was 30, let's see, 2018, yeah, I was 34. Um, and I was like, you know, I need a positive outlet to kind of help go through all this stuff. Because mm -hmm. I had, you know, because I had a job and I had a kid and I really needed to have a positive outlet that allowed me to be a still be a positive parent and positive person. Mm -hmm. um, like, whereas before when back in 2005, when I got back from Iraq, you know, all we did was party, you know, we drank and then it went from drinking to have fun to drinking to self-medicate. Mm. And so kind of went down that rabbit hole for a while and hit rock bottom with everything back in 2006 and you know so so i had to you know like smarten up and in my early 20s i ended up going through this big breakup and to kind of like cope with everything to kind of deal with everything i like i allowed my partying and you know drinking to kind of get out of control um like I'm not a, like I'm not an alcoholic. Like I can have one or two and be fine, but I just allowed that to consume my free time. Mm -hmm. Like oh, I'm going to go out and party. I'm going to do this. I'm just like I can do whatever I want now. But I would show up to, you know, I would show up to work late um, because I'd been partying the night before, or I was still drunk. Um, I'd show up to class hungover not able to pay attention or stay awake oh, and man. yeah and it was okay like when i was in my 20s like what well, wasn't okay it, it just like really wasn't a big deal in my 20s because i really didn't have any children at that point yeah um, but now at 34 when i was going through my stuff i i was like i can't do the same thing i did before so i dove right into jujitsu and what went from missing training and missing competing became therapy yes like it helped me get through so much you know i would come in and train for an hour two hours and and i would just you know forget about everything and jujitsu kind of allowed me to 
really stop and think about my next actions and think about how I'm going to react to something. It allowed me to really control my outburst of emotions, you know, like anger or frustration. Yeah. You know, it made me stop and think, okay, this, this upset me or, or, or this is kind of, you know, pissing me off. How am I going to react? Mm -hmm. Whereas before, like I'm pissed off and I'm going to let everybody know about it. So it allowed me to like really control a lot of my emotions and eventually oh about the summer of 2019 when everything was final with um you know my divorce and stuff um i got to a point i'm like huh i'm over it i'm not bothered by it i'm not you know like like having my feelings and thoughts consumed by the whole situation that had gone on mm -hmm. Cause I had this outlet and I had a positive environment with really great people, you know, like really great teammates. There were a couple friends of mine who were, you know, my, my ear, you know, when I was going through stuff. Um, and I don't know if they're going to hear this or not, but I do want to give them a shout out. Um, my buddy, Jimmy Jackson, um, he's a fighter for Young's MMA and Glory Watson. Um, sh she's also a fighter for Young's MMA at the time they were you know really two of the people that i was that allowed me to just kind of vent to uh with everything so they were really great friends and really great teammates so yeah and then and then you know like once i realized i'm like oh hey i'm getting really good at this and i want to keep going with it and not just do it as a hobby like i wanted to compete yeah and you know the first competition humbled me a lot you know <laughs> i was <laughs> oh was, yeah oh man it was brutal you know because i was a white belt it was my first tournament but you know like i wasn't like your typical brand new white belt i had many years of like wrestling and coaching behind me so i i wasn't spazzy i you know, like I knew what I was doing, but I've been doing this for like three, four months at this point mm -hmm. leading up to the tournament. And, and, and my teammates were like, Oh, you're going to do great. You know, you're going to do awesome. Like you have you wrestling it as a really good base, you know? And so I allowed my head to get big. So mm. So driving the three and a half hours down to this tournament, the whole time I'm just imagining myself top of the podium, hand raised, gold medal, you know, I already had the shit won before I even went in. Right. And <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. I lost to my teammate in the first round. Like we went one, what was it? Like six minute round, seven minute round, whatever it was uh, for the good fight um did one round and, and we ended up I think going to like four overtimes i lost in the fourth overtime to an arm bar and then my next match was like quite literally you know three minutes later uh -huh. and i just got smoked and 
and you know th that was like february of 19 so like i was still going through a lot of personal shit mm -hmm. in my head and and i wasn't mentally prepared for everything and yeah so i didn't even place like i i actually withdrew from the tournament that's the only time i've ever withdrew or quit anything uh-huh you know I, I was just like there's I'm like there's no point in doing this because i'm not mentally there for anything and so it, so i withdrew and then the next couple tournaments i did I, I did well i got third place in the gi division and then i got first place in the no gi um i got second place in the main skirmish in 2019 um and then COVID hit, which sucked, <laughs> you know, because, you know, that took away a lot of training time and a lot of, you know, that, that camaraderie, you know, like we didn't have that outlet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, but, you know, we found a way to, to continue training. Me and some friends, we would go to the, uh, to the track over by one of the schools in the football field. We would do cardio workouts. We would do um, some like, some like mat work, um, like striking and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd go to a friend's house that had mats downstairs. You know, we'd do some rolling and some drills down there. Um, there was a garage that we had mats set up in where we would go and do training and stuff. So we, you know, so we kind of continued training through the pandemic uh, but it took a couple months to get into everything right um and then i did some more tournaments i got two gold in gi and no gi in 2021 which was like three months after every everything well like three or four months after everything had just opened all back up mm -hmm. and and i was See, I tore my bicep tendon. Oh, yeah, in 2020, and I had surgery December of 2020, and I was recovering, doing all that, you know, physical therapy stuff on my own, and and everything. And what, as soon as my surgeon cleared me to to start training again, but lightly, that was the end of March. And I was like, okay, there's a tournament coming up in June. Like, I need to get my ass in gear. <laughs> and and I was training and training. And like three, three and a half months after being cleared for, you know, to train and everything again, I brought home two gold medals. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. You know, I was happy with it taking shit, man. You know, it's it was fun. That's dope. That's very, very dope. Yeah. Um, man, just going back and, you know, you're talking about how, um, you know, competition is like lit that, you know, competing has lit that fire under you. And um, I did. I mean, I mentioned this like numerous times at this point, um, but I did my first tournament as a purple as a purple belt back in um, like last like last year. And. I didn't go in like big headed thinking I'm just going to like just go and dominate. But 
at the same time, I was kind of like, you know, I'm going to give it my best and, you know, do whatever, you know, do whatever I can, whatever the outcome is, is, it is what it is. Yeah. And yeah, I got mopped. I got, I got, I got mopped like that for, cause it was only one match. And, um, man, it's like ever since then, I was so itching to do another tournament. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get in better shape cause I didn't want to compete as super heavy again. I'm going to, you know, I just kept telling myself, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a try to make sure I train and blah, 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 blah. But then this year I got closer to a purple belt and I was like, yeah, I need to kick it up a little bit more because, you know, my brown belt test is coming up. So I got to bust my ass for that. And I don't know what if it was either between just me becoming like further in my jujitsu journey or like this, like the outcome of this tournament, man. But I've been on a freaking rampage, <laughs> like, That's good. like That's these good. last, like these last few months, man. And um, there is a tournament in January that I'm that I'm trying to sign up for, and I went from training like two days a week, three days a week, so on and so forth, to now, dude, I'm at the gym three four days a week i'm training two three days a week i work out like every every waking chance i get i'm working out but yeah but it's all because of jujitsu man because i want to be better at jujitsu and i want to take jujitsu as far as i possibly can man so it's like i'm giving it everything i got at this point yeah so like that whole going into the tournament like not trying to be big-headed Mm -hmm. um i've only done like i've done that twice in my life the the first time you know was my senior year 2003 state championships wrestling um in maine there was um for for like regionals there's there's eastern maine and then there's western maine and then in the state championships they all go head to head so in eastern maine in the in the 215 weight class I was second place. Like I got second place in regionals. My buddy James McPhee got got first. And we went into the state championships and and I'm like I've got this, you know? Like I lost I lost my second match um to the returning state champion from from Western Maine. Um uh, but I won my first match against the fourth place guy from dare ago some some other school in maine so i'm in this i'm in the semi consolation round and i'm like i've got this this ain't no big deal you know i've got this i was number two all year i went 15 and four mm-hmm. you know and and the guy i was competing against was a you know was a really heavy set 215 you know um but I went in and I already had the shit one before I even stepped foot on the mat. So I didn't wrestle as hard as I should have mm-hmm. or as good as I should have. And, and I lost and And then I was out for the tournament. I didn't even place my senior year in States and man, I was heartbroken. Like I was like, that shit has haunted me for years, mm-hmm. for years. And then like, even to the point where, was it like like four years later when I moved back home and I was coaching my high school team, I took a couple wrestlers to the state championships and it was held at the same facility 
the Augusta Civic Center down down in Augusta, Maine. And the night before, we went in to get a little bit of mat time in and whatnot. As soon as I stepped into the arena and stepped on the mats, like everything just came back and. I was like, man, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be here at all. Like, this is, it's like horrible. Those flashbacks. Um, yeah. And then the second time I got too big was that tournament where I just, you know, that, that first tournament. And so I've really learned to stay humble through everything. Like even in training, mm-hmm. you know, like there's some nights where I'm fucking on fire, but I'm just like, you know what? Like everything's clicking really well tonight. It's not because I'm better than everybody. It's just, you know, like I was just on. So like, I really try to be humble because, you know, there, there's always somebody out there that's better than you, Yeah. you know, and, and there's nothing more embarrassing than bragging yourself up or talking shit. And then someone coming along and knocking you down a peg or two. Right. So I like I try to just be real cool about things and whatnot. Um, like in that tournament, you know that that first tournament I did after my surgery and everything, I went down with a couple teammates and and they were in different divisions and stuff. And and one of them, well, they were all like all three of them were like oh man, you're going to do great. You're going to go in there and kick ass. You're going to do fucking awesome. I'm like, just I'm like, stop, you know, just, just going to go in there and just wrestle. You know, I'm just going to go in there and just roll, you know, as soon as that whistle blows, I'm going to do what I do in training and whatever, and whatever happens, happens. Right. And I did like, I just went in there and, and I let everything happen and I won all four matches and, and I brought home two gold medals. So. That's awesome. Yeah, like, I, I've i always been a um, a humble person. Like, I've never been, like, <sighs> I've never been a braggy type guy. And even now, like, I've been working my ass off these last uh, few months. And I've noticed, like, the significant growth I've had in, like, the last two months. Um, but that's mainly because of my, you know, my training partners and my instructor that's been really like calling me out on some stuff and making sure that I'm doing things right. And now it's like, yeah, dude, you know, you're getting crazy out there. Like you getting, you're, you're becoming a a killer and it's like, yeah, okay. I still kind of don't believe it because obviously with me rolling, I'm very, very judgmental of myself and I'll, I can work a technique blindfolded at this point. Um, you know, how to set it up, how to get to it, how to finish and everything goes. And I still have moments where it's like, ah, I'm about to fuck this up. This is about <laughs> to be bad. I shouldn't go for this. And knowing that I'm setting it up perfectly, everything is just like falling into play. And it's like, ah, I don't think this is right. I shouldn't do it. <laughs> like, no. And then I end up second guessing myself and then the role goes a little bit fat, uh, you know, goes longer than I wanted to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But these last couple of times where it was just like, you know what, you know, I was like, I'm just gonna go, forget it, just go for it. And man, just the significant changes has been from just that little t- 
tweak, like that little mental tweak where I was like, dude, just just go for it. Just go for Hail Marys and everything else. And whatever happens, you know how to deal with it. So, yeah. 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 And I've been there, too, you know, it, you know, like where, you know, like I'll 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 get something like I'll get a like a, you know, Kimura position and stuff and and like something will happen and i'll just kind of like hold on and just like start start thinking about something and before i know it you know they've kind of you know countered it and instead of just letting the goddamn thing go and and like still having a hope to work something else or to stay in and guard and and control them sometimes like i don't know i just hold on and then i'm like oh shit i should have just let this go Mm-hmm. like i don't know it's like sometimes i could be stubborn i'm like i'm gonna fucking hold on to this and then just hold on to it and hold on to it and i'm like nope i've lost my position and now i'm being camorred <laughs> right i've i've yeah. fell into that so many times where it's like i i think i have something and the like the times i don't doubt myself is when the times i don't have shit <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. when i know i'm setting up a good x choke or a good kimura i'll be like ah, i don't have it i don't have this but when I do some goofy shit, like, yeah, I got it. Like, no, you don't. You do not have this triangle, man. And now you're getting smashed. And yeah. <laughs> now we're in a whole nother fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't even go for the triangle that, that often because, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's one of those things where, where everyone learns coming in, like you learn how to do it. You learn how to set it up, finish it. Um, you learn how to, you know, counter it and or prevent it. So it's like one of those things where a lot of people, you know, they see it being telegraphed. And so, so I, I don't go for the triangle all that much, um, especially from the guard. You know, well, like like the bottom position, I really try not to do that so much. Um, I try more for, you know, Camoras or or sweeps or playing half guard, uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, really trying to work on my weak areas, which is really like on my back and my half guard. Um, because doing tournaments and, and everything, you know, competing against other people that aren't my teammates, you know, like you, you really have to be well-rounded, Yeah, you know, cause you get into this rut of training with your, teammates and 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 everything and and you know you know how everybody rolls you know everybody's style Mm -hmm. and 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 so sometimes it's just kind of going through the motions and then you get into a tournament and you're going against somebody you've never met before that you've never rolled against before you don't know what their skill level is you know just because the other guy's a blue belt like you you don't know if he you know he wrestled division one in college, you know? Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. So, so you really have to really have to turn it up in competitions and, and kind of, you know, have a well-rounded game. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And, um, at our school, you know, we are smashed past, you know, we are smashed jujitsu, uh, school. So one of our things was like, yeah, we don't shoot for triangles at my school because, yeah, we the main thing that we learned was how to shut it down. 
Yeah. You know, if you're late, if you're early, if, you know, whatever and in between, we know how to shut it down. Yeah. And, yeah, for the longest time, I would be so scared to set up a triangle because I'm like, yeah, if especially if they're like a blue or purple belt or never. No, not our purple belts, not like our purple belts that we have. I think, oh, how many purple? I think we got one purple belt. He's a wrestler. Big, strong guy. Never in my life will I triangle this guy. Never. <laughs> nope. I I think I tried maybe once, and we were just joking around, and I was like, yeah, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Never again. But, you get that top pressure on you? Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like our, and our instructor is a big guy, so when we do... um like uh triangle de- uh, defenses and smash passes and stuff i'm usually the ookie so i'm i'm used to it but it's still so fucking uncomfortable when it's like you know in a in a uh, demonstration yeah it's kind of slower it's not as intense but during a roll yeah. they're putting all the weight down so it's like yeah oh, no, yeah not doing that Mm-mm. i don't play i don't play especially don't play inverted i do not play inverted uh, for one, I'm not that flexible and I'm not that fast to play inverted, but yeah, just for that reason alone, because we are a smash style school. And it's like every time I think of stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get crushed. Yeah. I'm not in a yeah, crushed mood today. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I definitely feel that sentiment because there's, there's a few guys that, that we train with that are, you know, that are pretty heavy set and, you know, I'm 240. I've kind of been bulking the last couple months uh-huh. um, with with weightlifting and stuff too. Um, I've competed at light heavyweight uh, a couple times, uh, like 210, 206. Um, but it's so hard to maintain that all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna like not really be so strict with 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 shit. Like I'm still gonna eat well and take care of myself, but you know, trying to be two ten or below, you know, be being six feet tall, you know, I I can't do it. So, you know, so I was at two twenty for quite a while, and then, you know, and I was lifting and everything, so I still had some good size, you know, for two twenty, you know, um, still good cardio and and speed and everything, but the, the last few months um like where i haven't been training so much now because of my back injuries from from iraq mm-hmm. um i've continued to lift but also you know not be so restrictive with my diet and and it's paid off you know i've gotten stronger i've gotten the size and and this to the point now where you know where where some guys will try to throw the triangle on and they can't get their legs around mm-hmm. because I've gotten wider, thank God. You know, <laughs> but uh, but there's you know like some guys that are my size and a little bit bigger that that I've tried that whole triangle or like holding the guard in and they would just smash the shit out of me and just so much weight and pressure. I'm like I I'm like no like I'll break my own guard and. And just hope that when they land inside control, it doesn't hurt so damn much. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just to, it just it just takes the life out of you. Yeah, and yeah, and like and you know, like I'm a big guy too, but when another bigger guy does it, 
it's fucking brutal. Yeah, because at that point, you're fighting your weight, their weight, and gravity. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. it just sucks, man. It sucks to no bitter end. And it's like, there's nothing you can do about it but just accept it and just, yeah, either you're going to sit there and get smashed or you're going to, you know, you're going to pass your guard. Yeah. And I yeah. gladly take the ladder. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, shit, you know what? It's like, do I have my will and everything taken care of? Do I have all my affairs in order? <laughs> <laughs> Make sure my browser history is cleared. Before this is yeah. before this is over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you know what? Just just factory reset my phone. We'll be okay. <laughs> Don't worry well, about I, it. I know, right? Yeah, I I've grappled with um. There's this guy, Mike Michael Devito. Uh-huh. He's he used to play for the Jets and the Chiefs, and everything. You know, this fucking huge football player. Um, he was like 280, and I was. 210 at the time and 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 we were the two biggest guys in in class um so so we're paired up and like we're doing like wall drills and stuff and pummeling and all this other shit and i'm trying to move this 280 pound football player you know off of me so i can get off the wall Mm-hmm. And then, like, I would just move him a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, I can work something. And then he just puts me right back against the wall. And I'm telling you, man, it, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Like there, like there's been very few roles in my journey with wrestling and jujitsu where I've just been like, holy shit, you know, just this fucking sucks, <laughs> you know. And and Mike DeVito was like one of them. It was just brutal yeah it it man i i I know the feeling with the with the two guys that we have in our gym who are um really big guys very very strong guys and they're both our wrestlers and it's the most frustrating thing in the world rolling with these guys especially when it's like okay i have top position i know what i can do here but just trying to fight their you know just trying to fight their strength alone is just like so damn brutal yeah, and they know how to scramble, you know? They know how to yeah. scramble. And that, that was, like, one of the things with me coming in was was I knew how to scramble. Like, I wasn't spazzy, but I could sit there and scramble and, and you know, from one position to another. And and at my gym now, you know, we, we have quite a few wrestlers that that have joined our gym. And, and I love it. Like, I, I love when we get wrestlers coming in mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I can work you know, stand up, like I can work my takedowns and stuff. Like, I don't know how, how your gym is, but I know a lot of jujitsu gyms. Um, they don't really spend a lot of time focusing on takedowns. Um, so, so they either start on their knees or they start, you know, on your butt, you know, like guard or whatever it is, you know, they always start down. And I don't like starting down because I've always had the mindset, you know, we're going to start up and, and you have to try to take me down. If you want to beat me, you have to try to take me down mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like that, w- that way, when I work a takedown and I get the takedown, we're coming down and I'm already in a dominant position, 
either from the side or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like, like that takedown. So when the, when you get wrestlers coming in, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, you know, we're standing up and <laughs> you know, we'll work takedowns and everything else. Like I've got bad knees, so I don't shoot legs anymore, but you know, but these guys, you know, like they'll work perfect leg shots because they drilled it for so many damn years. Yeah. So they drilled it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's great, you know, to have those wrestling scrambles and, and, and like with my style, like I've kind of like, I had somebody point this out a couple of years ago. Like I have a, I have a catch wrestling style and I was like, huh? Okay. Like, I don't think anything of it. I'm just coming in and training and whatever it is. But, but I use a lot of wrestling moves for, for transitions, like, like cradles, either, either far side or, or near side cradles. Or like, if somebody has me in half guard, you know, I'll, I'll shut the half guard down. I'll work a cradle so I can pass their leg and get my leg out and come out to the side. And then do whatever so that it works for me and and that's like really my style so like tomorrow um down in Saco, maine which is by portland now um, neil melanson is holding a seminar and neil is you know very catch wrestling based that's his style and he's a big guy too and i've been a fan of neil for you know since i started because a lot of his stuff works for me because mm -hmm. I'm big too and everything. So I'm going to be going down and doing a Neil Melanson seminar tomorrow, um, which I think will be very beneficial for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. Because um, our our school is, a like I said, our, our instructor is a big guy. So we do a lot of, you know, what we call uh, big man jujitsu. So it's a lot of a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of pressure passing, a lot of just top pressure and everything yep. else. So it's definitely it's definitely been fun learning that way and learning this style of jujitsu because it kind of I like to me, I feel like it helps me when it comes to any other any other type of jujitsu because I'm so used to being under pressure the entire role. If I'm rolling with someone who's bigger than me or a lot smaller than me, if they're not applying the right pressure, you give me a lot more time to think. Yeah. So, and that's like, I'm really, I really like came into that probably at Brown Belt. And that's why I'm, I'm like, now I'm, that's why I'm so eager to do tournament, do a tournament now. Cause I'm like, okay, I got a little bit more knowledge. I'm a little bit more aware of what to expect and what's going on. I'm ready to try this again and see what happens yeah i think that you know the the pressure game is you know is really something that has to be like learned and kind of like honed because mm -hmm. when i started like my my pressure when i started very different than what it is now um like i've I've gotten into position like one of my favorite positions is is like Kesa from like side control mm -hmm. and and it comes naturally because of like you know like a head and arm pin you know from wrestling so so like I'll work you know the scarf hold and I'll work submissions from there and 
and whatnot. And I've finally got my pressure to the point where, where I learned it's not the pressure on top of their chest. It's pushing in the side of their rib. Mm-hmm. So it's pushing on their lungs. Yep. And, and I'll, and I'll just hold somebody there and just kind of like let them squirm and everything. And then just kind of, you know, put, put a little bit more pressure here and there, listen to their breathing and kind of, you know, like I'll mess with their arms to try to, you know, like bait them into whatever it is to make them think that I'm going for an arm bar or an Americana or something. But I'm just the whole time that they're moving their arms. I'm, I'm slowly giving them more and more pressure. Mm-hmm. And then they finally, you know, they finally can't handle it and they tap. But there's a lot of bigger guys that, that aren't able to get that pressure. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, and I've noticed um, some of the lighter guys, like, you know, the guys that are under 200 stuff, their pressure is just ungodly. Mm-hmm. It's like, how the hell, like, like you're 180 pounds. How do you have this much pressure? It's just fucking brutal. Yeah, it's basically, it's not, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. It's not how much pressure is where you put it. Yeah. Because you yeah. can simply be, yeah, you can be the smallest guy in the room. But, man, if you're not a pry pressure to that floating rib or, and, you know, in that spot that that separates your uh shoulder to your arm like any type of like put the right pressure in the right spot man yeah it it doesn't you don't have to be the biggest guy to to do that and yeah, it exactly. sucks <laughs> and it sucks so bad yeah no like it it used to irk me like when i would get tapped or beat by somebody that was lighter than me or smaller than me and you know, but, but I realized I'm like, you know, like, like jujitsu is like one of those things where, you know, where, where, where anybody can, you know, be, you know, be dominant or submit anybody. Like it didn't matter their size, mm-hmm. Like there's smaller guys in class that I'm like, fuck, you know, it's going to suck, you know, trying to do this because they're faster and, you know, and like, by the time I get into the position I want, they're already two steps ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they're on my back. I'm like, how the hell does this happen? You know? <laughs> and then I'm being choked out by a 130 pound guy. Cause he was a lot quicker than me. Not a good feeling. So. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I know that all too well. Cause we got small guys at our gym. We got big guys at our gym and we all learn in the same jujitsu. So when it comes to that pressure passing and that and that that pressure is like, oh my God, why are we teaching you guys this? But we love yeah. it. We love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. So how do you how do you prepare your like yourself? How do you prepare for competitions? Um Honestly, um, this is something completely new to me because I've only literally done one tournament. So um, now with, you know, with, with, with this new one coming up, I've been just training a whole lot more and just pushing myself and pushing myself when it comes to going to the gym, um, 
studying techniques. I man, I I probably watch a good maybe like eight hours of jujitsu videos a day. Just scrolling through tech, like just scrolling through Instagram and social media, just watching techniques over and over and over and over and over again until like I'm mentally drilling them in my head and then I'll, you know, attempt it in class. And that's the only way that I've, that's one way I found out I can you know how I get better is just diving head first into it, like to, um, to moves and techniques and like, okay, if it doesn't work that way, yeah, all right, let's, let's try again. Yeah. But, you know, just break, you know, just breaking stuff down just a little bit more thoroughly for myself. But yeah, I'm 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 really excited to see how this plays out next month, and see how far I make it in this tournament. But regardless of what I'm gonna do, I I do plan on doing at least about four tournaments this year, at the minimum. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited like, was, to see how this goes. Yeah, I was hoping to do more, but my back injury, you know, kind of like put me out from doing a couple, mm-hmm. and I was you know kind of pissed. But I'm, you know, I have. You know, I have herniated discs, and and as much as I wanted to compete and whatever, I really had to like step back and like, okay, I need to make sure my back is fine. You know, everything is kind of like baseline or whatever. You know, because the discs do push on my nerves, mm-hmm. and so I've kind of you know I've developed um, arthritis in my lower back. Um, I've also um, have a couple toes on my right foot that are i've gone numb because of the disc pushing on the nerves um so so i do what i can with training and 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 everything this and weightlifting. um so i'm just trying to be careful right now and kind of take it easy and not go so hard during during my roles um mm-hmm. You know, I need to make sure that I can walk on both, both legs. Right. You know, I'm 38, man. Like I, you know, I'm trying to hang in there with all these 20 something year olds, you know, (laughs) and these, and these young guys that come in, you know, try to hang in there and especially with tournaments, you know, cause I want to go as far as I can with this. And, you know, I want to keep bringing home gold medals. I want to keep, you know, you know, keep getting my hand raised and doing well. Because um, I think, honestly, if if you if you don't compete, then then how do you ever know if your jujitsu will work in a real life situation? Yeah, you know, and. I'm not talking about a bar fight or whatever. Like I'm talking about like a self-defense situation where that, where you can't get away from, um, or someone comes in your home or something, you know, how, how do you know how you're going to react? Because in that situation, like a competition, your, your heart rate's elevated, your adrenaline's going, you're going against somebody that you don't know. You don't Mm -hmm. know what they know. You don't know how strong they are. You don't know if they're going to this tournament to be malicious and and break people's arms on on Kamora's. Like you don't know. You don't. So there's all these variables, and 
and and so like like everything's elevated and if you aren't in those situations then then how do you know how you will react right you know it's and coming from the military like i was in the army i was military police um you know i've i've done a tour in iraq from 2004 to 2005 um you know we i was a gunner and you know i like i've been in firefights and stuff and 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 that's where your training comes in like you train like you fight Mm -hmm. if you train lazy if you train half-assed and when time comes you're going to fight lazy you're going to fight half-assed you know um and i and i tell people this like i kind of use this as an example it's like well you know if you have a toy gun you know even though it's a toy gun a nerf gun or whatever you always want to still practice trigger awareness you want to keep your finger off the trigger because bad habits with fake guns is going to be bad habits with real guns Mm -hmm. so you always want to train like you fight right now in training in class you don't always have to go balls to the wall 100 percent because truthfully like like your your body is going to wear down yep but but train like you fight it's like okay this like we're gonna you know talk with your training partner but like, hey you know can we go a little bit more intense on this you know on this role instead of 50 percent, we go 80 percent. you know make it faster you know like make it whatever you know more, more aggressive yeah you can be aggressive without being malicious exactly so like it yeah so if you compete and you do well then it's like okay you know like i I can do this in a real life situation Mm -hmm. and even if you don't do well it's not saying well if somebody breaks into my house you know i'm not going to be able to do shit because i got third place like you know it, it doesn't like i don't want people to you know like think that because you know just because you got third place out of three guys you know that doesn't mean you you won't be able to defend yourself out of you know out of something if somebody breaks into your house right yeah you know but in our our school um we we do we do practice takedowns a lot um you know takedowns break falls uh self defense is a huge thing in our school that's actually a part of our our test test requirements. You have to be able to defend yourself against, um, you know, an attacker who's you know throwing punches and kicks. And once you get to purple, purple, yeah, purple, brown, and black, it, you have a series of one on ones. Like you know, you have to defend yourself against someone in your guard on top of you, have your back while you're in turtle inside control. That's for every test that we do. You have a one-on-one portion for your blue belt test, purple, brown, and black. We have two-on-ones, and they have punches and kicks. You can def- you know, you can throw strikes, but it's mainly focused on using your jujitsu. Yeah, and it's it's a brutal it's a brutal test. It's man, it it definitely pushes you to the to the end, man. But yeah, but it definitely does help to know. Yeah, self-defense and be able to apply it outside of just 
half-assing it on the mats as you was just you know as we were just talking about because we train how we supposed to fight like if we can't do this while someone's punching me in the face with boxing gloves on in the gym we can't do this outside yeah yeah exactly you know it's and in my gym so we used to be a gracie baja um gym um but um but they went away with that affiliation uh probably like five or six years ago Mm -hmm. um so so now it's it's titan athletics it it used to be team irish um marcus davis the the ufc fighter uh that was his old gym and then my my instructor eduardo benjamin and one of the fighters for team irish um jeremy tyler they they ended up co-buying the gym and and rebranding it as titan athletics so it's a mixed martial arts gym as well um we we have um gi jiu-jitsu uh, and and no gi jiu-jitsu and there's also um mma conditioning there's there's MMA striking and then there's MMA grappling. Um, we have fighters um, out of our gym. Uh, we have a cage and everything set up. Uh, we also have boxing mm-hmm. that's taught by um, a police officer from uh, Brewer, which is just over the bridge from from me. Um, his name's Levi Sewell. Um, it's, it's Thunder Pig Boxing. Um, so there's boxing, just just like uh, straight up boxing class for for adults and kids so our our gym is you know pretty pretty well-rounded with a lot of stuff and you know coming into the uh, coming into the mma striking and, and, and grappling classes like you're like you're doing your your striking and and your jujitsu mm-hmm. you know it's so that's that's given you know people that you know that i guess that realistic factor yeah that's cool well. though that's cool that um because our yeah we only have ju- we have jujitsu but we ask like we have a kickboxing class on like uh tuesday no mondays and wednesdays we have kickboxing in our classes and i've been so eager to cross train <laughs> but i'm like i gotta yeah i gotta listen to my body man because i i do so much right now but i'm I'm always itching to train. I'm always, I always wanted like to do better and get better. And I'm just trying to do it like by any means possible. But yeah, it is very important to listen to your body because you only get one. And it's yeah. <laughs> as bad as you want to get up, like, yeah, man, I just want to go train for like six hours. Yeah. Your body going to be like, nah, fam, we going to do this. Oh, yeah. We're going to do I- this one and a half and <laughs> you're going to sit your ass down. <laughs> Oh yeah, I definitely feel that. You know, like some days I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing good, feeling great, and then the next morning I'm like, oh, yep, I'm 38. You know, like I didn't feel 38 yesterday on the mat. Like, like there's just some days where I forget how old I am and and like the mileage that I put on my body. Through, <laughs> yeah, no, right. Through wrestling and through the military and through everything over the years, like oh, it's like oh no, I need a hot shower or I need you know a good long stretch like or my inversion table that i have over here you know it's you know it's like one of those things it's like uh yeah really gotta take it easy yeah like i i know i never got into the striking i've like i did kickboxing class for quite a while like i could do the drills and do the bag work and whatever but sparring like i don't 
I don't know, man. It just it just didn't click with me. Like it didn't seem second nature. And I don't know why. Uh-huh. Um so like I would always end up with like this perpetual black eye on, on my right side. And you know, because being a wrestler, like I'd want to kind of like square up and stay in front, you know, kind of like work whatever. And then, you know, and then, you know, sometimes I'd, you know, like try to circle and like work around, but I would forget to keep my hands up or I would forget to set stuff up with strikes and I just keep getting hit. And so it just never clicked with me. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with doing jujitsu. You know, I do the gi jujitsu. Um, and I do the, and I do no gi as well. And, and I'll jump in on the, on the MMA grappling class that uh that we have because there's a lot of guys that that do fight or or want to fight and and i've i've even had one of you know uh the instructors you know you know um allow me to you know show show takedowns to the class and and have those guys drill them mm-hmm. you know because because there's one throw that i hit quite a bit fucking love it and and it's a wrestling throw it you know basically like overhook and underhook and you know and just kind of you know like work that throw and i fucking love that takedown and and so like one class um after the first two takedowns that that our instructor showed he's like i'll have moose you know he's gonna he's gonna show this next takedown he's like i've seen him hit this on like 95 percent of the guys in class so he's the perfect one to show you and <laughs> and you know and just trying to tell the guys it's like don't rush this shit you know it's a, like takedowns are very technical like you gotta it's body position and and momentum mm-hmm yeah, we always say we always say position before submission. Yeah, and and with takedowns, especially throws, if your hips are not lower than your opponents, you're gonna you're gonna muscle something and you're gonna fuck something up. Yep. Like like your hips need to be lower than your opponents, and that, like with throws and and everything, especially with like a head and arm takedown. Like I've seen people come in standing straight up, try to do the takedown and, and it doesn't work because they're not getting their hips all the way through. You know, they're not getting their hips under underneath their opponent's hips. Like when I teach that takedown, I'm like, come in, fucking put your bicep across their neck. And when you step through, put your left hip on their right hip. Like you want to make sure that they are almost like you almost look like a T and then all you do is just turn your hips a little bit and boom, they're on the ground. It, it's really not a lot of strength. It's speed and technique. That's going to get that takedown. Right. And I think, um, cause I think about that too, as being a, um, an assistant instructor and just trying to figure out what, you know, how to, you know, properly teach people techniques, the safe way and, you know, to be efficient with it. But I think it's just a lot of, I think it's a lot of times we get those students that 
want to do it, but they can't because they're so afraid of hurting somebody else or hurting themselves because they're not used to being slammed or used to, you know, diving head first into a mat. Because technically that's what you're doing when you go for a head and arm because your arms are up around their, you know, one side of their neck and their arm is up and your arm is under that um, same arm. So you're not like you, you, it's not like you can just fall and just brace yourself. You kind of have to go and just let your, let gravity do the work. Yeah. And, and I saw that too. Like there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of like hesitation there with, with a lot of the guys, you know, working the takedowns and I get it, you know, they can be very discouraging, especially if you've just done jujitsu and, and you don't start off with a lot of takedowns. Um, but I tell them, I'm like, if you want to keep from being injured or your opponent or your teammate from being injured, like your training partner, do it slow, go through the motions, you know, break it down one, two, three, four, you know, work, work the position a couple times before getting the takedown, mm-hmm. like do it slow. Like if I, like if I had a class where I taught, where it was just me teaching and I was doing takedowns I'm like, okay, we're going to work on one takedown today and we're going to drill it. You know, the, the first 20 minutes, you know, we're going to work on position, you know, the setup and position and getting there. And then the next 20 minutes, we're going to work through those, through those same steps. And then we're going to work on, you know, on the final, you know, on that final step with the takedown. And then the next 20 minutes after that, it's doing everything in one fluid motion. You're still not going like combat speed. You're doing it to, to your comfort level mm-hmm. and just drilling it and drilling it and drilling it. And then yeah. the next class drilling it again, you know, Cause, cause that's the thing is, you know, drillers make killers oh, and, yeah. and if you want to be good at a takedown, drill it, you know, not, not every takedown is going to be for, you know, like fit, fit everybody. Like one takedown is not going to fit everybody, different body types, you know, different heights, different styles, you know, take what works for you and go with it. but drilling those takedowns just constant drilling them like you don't have to learn all this fancy shit or learn six or seven takedowns you know right. just pick, pick a couple that work for you and drill them like i like where i can't shoot legs anymore i work a lot of you know either throws or or something upper body and and i do that because i know what works for me and it's usually like really only like three or four takedowns that I do because I know that I can get it and I make and, and, you know, to be successful with those takedowns and with those throws, I make my opponent do half, half the work for me. Mm-hmm. If I want to throw him left, I'm going to bring him to the right. So he's going to counter because he's not going to want to go right. He's going to counter that and he's going to go back to the left 
where I want him to go. Yep. And so he's done half the work for me. And I just do the other half. Like if I want to throw somebody behind me, I'll push, push him back. Then as soon as he pushes into me, that's when I step my hips through and I get my throw. And get the throw and get the takedown. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a, um, a real incredible mindset to have as a blue belt. Cause, um, uh, I've talked about this before and, you know, I, it's been drilled in my head from my instructor and I tell everyone, even at my school and whoever listens to this when it comes to jujitsu. Um, yeah, as a white belt, you're going to learn a million and one, like a million and one techniques, every single variation of a choke, a arm lock, a wrist lock, a leg lock, a heel hook, a choke and everything else. You're going to try to learn it because you, you want to be that, that person who has like every single every single tool imaginable in their toolbox by the time you get to blue you're still surviving but this is be this is going to be your more brutal brutal level because it's like you're a step above white belt you're going to be this is that first like this is the first taste of having a target on your back because everyone wants to tap an upper belt yeah and you know (laughs) all the all these moves that you think you're going to use you're going to start cutting that list down like you're gonna start shaving that list down, 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 down. White belt, you're gonna have like a thousand moves. Blue belt, you're probably gonna have like eight hundred. At purple belt, you're probably gonna have like seventy. <laughs> Brown, you're just gonna have like a good ten. By ten, by by black, like by brown or black belt, you're gonna have a good solid twenty moves that you're gonna just refine the fuck out of, and it's gonna be so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and. And like, like when I roll with my instructors, I'm like, I know what they're going to fucking do, but I still get caught in shit and still (laughs) the the same thing (laughs) every time. I'm like, I was in this position last week. Like, how did I end up in this position again? Like, I'm pretty sure that I knew the counter, you know, and, but yeah, it's like, I I just get hit with the same thing all the time. And I know it's coming, but it's, yeah, it's. And, you know, and, but like when we got this new batch of blue belts this past summer, um, it was like, oh, okay. You know, you know, definitely, you know, definitely going to go a little bit harder with some of them because they weren't white belts anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, you know, they got their blue, you know, now the rounds are going to be more intense. And, and so, like it wasn't like a hazing type of thing but it was like okay like if the if our instructors think that you're blue belt level then then you're kind of ready for that next step with with intensity and with you know a little bit more aggression i guess Mm -hmm. and not so much you know like while you're rolling with them like like you're trying to help them out and give them advice right it's like it's on let's go you know say it's go time baby (laughs) but um yeah man if there's anything else you want to add um you know i definitely want you to shout out your school and if you have any tournaments coming up in the next few months man you know the floor is you know still yours yeah so so one of the things i want to touch on and i've noticed this in and i think it's the fanatics group and and i think another bjj group 
I'm in on Facebook, you know, people that have started jujitsu, you know, they've, you know, they've gone from, you know, not being in the greatest of situations in their life and doing jujitsu. And then now they're doing better, you know, like there, there's been people that have posted like, Hey, I've been doing jujitsu for a year. I've lost 80 pounds or I, you know, I've, changed into a healthier lifestyle or um or i've been clean for the last 12 months you know jujitsu has really helped me out through a lot of stuff like i think that's great you know and and that's one of the reasons why i kind of you know like still continue with jujitsu is not because i'm good at it but because of of the mental health benefits of it you know like i i talked about you know, Iraq and the military. Um, but, you know, I've been, I was wounded twice over there on, on two separate occasions from a roadside bomb. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, you know, being 19 and going through that and, you know, seeing and doing some of the things that I did, well, that we did over there, you know, it's kind of rough, you know, it's, kind of hard to like process everything and you know i've been back since 2005 and still a, a lot of shit still feels like it's yesterday mm-hmm. you know and there's you know there's still the dreams and the nightmares and i guess you know that that anxiety sometimes of you know like like you hear something that you don't normally hear outside or or in your place and you automatically go to that place like like where you're adrenaline's going and you're like what the fuck's going on Mm -hmm. you know um but it's it's really helped with the depression and the ptsd Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's definitely helped to you know to have this outlet and just kind of be around people and a lot of the guys i train with too are you know there's uh, there's quite a few veterans that train with us as well that have been through the same thing and you know just having that camaraderie there with everybody like but like you're there for a purpose doesn't matter like like what backgrounds you're in Mm -hmm. like like you're there for a purpose and and so like you have this support and and it's been really great for my mental health and i know that it has been for a lot of other people too you know like it's, it's one of those things where a lot of people don't talk about it, but, but it's, you know, it definitely has a benefit and, and like where, like my job now, like I, I work with native American veterans in Maine. Um, so there's, there's five different tribal territories in Maine. There's, um, Micmac or, or, uh, Micmac is the, is the actual name. Um, Micmac is the anglicized name. There's Maliseet. There's two Passamaquoddy reservations. Um, and then there's the Penobscot reservation, which is about 15 minutes away from Bangor. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I grew up on the Passamaquoddy reservation in Princeton, Maine. So, so I'm part Native American. Um, so coming back and, you know, in, in this job, you know, working with Native American veterans, you know, they, a lot of these 
places know me because I'm from from the same place and I grew up there and and they know who I am and they can relate because we've been through a lot of the same thing mm-hmm. and so like where what I'm doing for my job is it's very mental health suicide prevention focused um, mm-hmm. uh, because if you look at a lot of studies with veterans or whatever native americans are very underrepresented with mental health stats and with veteran stats so we're trying to you know combat mental health problems and suicide amongst the native american population mm-hmm. of veterans and one of the things that I've done in, in my research, because a lot of like what we do is is based on like evidence-based practices, stuff that's been studied and researched and peer-reviewed and published. And one of the things I came across was um, was the effects of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on service members with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I don't, I can't remember who who published the article or what the, or what the full actual name of the study was, but I went through it and it, you know, followed this group of veterans from the beginning until like, I think like a year, like two years into this, their jujitsu journey and just watched their improvement with their lifestyle and their mental health and, and, and just everything that they were dealing with from post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. And I would love to, you know, incorporate that somehow into my program. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's done wonders for my mental health. And I know that people listening, you know, it's probably done wonders for them, too. Yeah. And I I I'm a firm advocate for it mental health um dealing with it you know dealing with depression anxiety and whatnot um it definitely has helped um me personally when it came to jujitsu because you know i can be real about it i've talked about it before but you know dealing with bad depression dealing with bad anxiety dealing with suicidal thoughts and suicidal tendencies and everything in between and i can honestly say if it wasn't for you know God and jujitsu, I ain't no telling where I would actually be right now. I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you, but yeah. So I, I'm definitely a huge, huge, huge advocate for mental health awareness, um, mental health um, stability, finding something to, um, you know, get your focus on something else besides what's in your head. And um, I highly employ everybody to find find something if it's not just jujitsu but find something to get your mind off of whatever it is and i promise you you will start to feel a whole whole lot more better yeah definitely you know like and i you know and i'm glad that you're here with us man you know like it like i think more people especially men you know like need to be more open Mm -hmm. about you know talking about mental health and and dealing with it because if you just bottle things up and just let it fester and don't deal with it it's just going to keep 
bottling up and and like and eventually it's like this glass of water like once it gets to the top it just doesn't you know the glass doesn't keep growing the water just overflows yeah Yeah. like it it overflows and then so you have this overflow of emotions and then you know whether they be you know anger or sadness or or some some crisis state you know like it needs to be dealt with and i think as men you know like we need to be more open and talk about it you know i've just like the last few years i've been more open to talking about it because i'm you know like i try to help people because i've served with guys who have been back you know for you know for years and then they've they've committed suicide Mm. because of the shit that they saw and and it sucks it's it sucks fucking losing these guys because these guys were awesome people you know and and whether it's the failure of the system or or whatever it is you know it 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 shouldn't have happened right and you know and i've been there too like there's been like there was one time where i was going through all that shit back in 2018 like i I took an extension cord, strung it up in my garage, you know, and I was like, okay, it's there, you know, like it, it was to the point where it was like, I don't know what to fucking do. I like, I can't handle all this, you know, like, I don't know what to do. And I've never been at that point before. Like I've drank, I've, I've drank and drove, I've done stupid stuff, you know, to where it should have killed me. But it didn't, or I should, you know, I've done stuff like that, but I've never actually taken the steps to, to like have to make a plan and have this thing ready for when I wanted to make that next step. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Me too, man. You know, like me too, you know, like I couldn't, like I couldn't do that to my son. Like I don't, like I didn't want him to think that that one i'm a quitter you know like and and that i didn't love him and you know and that i didn't love him enough to stay for him right well we're gonna definitely talk a little bit more we gotta uh, wrap the show up so because <laughs> we've been we'll probably be doing this for like another hour or so so but oh, we, yeah. we'll definitely no continue to talk after this but uh yeah um but yeah, so I once again want to thank you for coming on to the show. Um, but yeah, that's the the end of today's episode. I would like to thank my guest Darren uh, for coming and sharing his wonderful knowledge and experiences with us. I hope you guys take something from this. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook and Instagram page uh, to keep to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. <laughs>